to Hick at Night with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. It is Ryan Hickey here with you on this Saturday morning. A happy Saturday, a happy weekend, and thank you for making us a part of it right here where else CBS Sports Radio. All right, we will get back to Michigan, I promise here, continue to talk about the impact of Connor Stallions' resignation and if that changes your thought process at all and if Michigan is still innocent in your mind or should be proven guilty of cheating. But I do want to hit on an NFL um, discussion and kind of uh, switch the, the topic a little bit and discuss this. I think Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick are the two most overrated head coaches in the NFL. I wouldn't want either. Honestly, coach of my team. They can't build or coach a Super Bowl winner. I think right now the ceiling for their teams is just good. It's not great. It's not elite. And I think, honestly, because of that, because you have teams in the Patriots and the Steelers the last five years that are consistently average in the middle, I think both have gotten too much praise for what have been average coaches the last five years. Like, I want to play this clip here really fast and have you listen to something I heard on, on Get Up on Friday morning, hours after the Steelers beat the Titans on Thursday Night Football. This was Dan Graziano. Very smart, very well-informed NFL reporter kind of talk about how impressed he was with the coaching job of Mike Tomlin. I mean, honestly, maybe I was watching a different game. I don't really get the praise for Tomlin coming out of Thursday's game. Like, the Steelers got the win, but they also showed you that they are light years away from being a Super Bowl contender. And isn't that the, the standard in Pittsburgh? Don't they talk about the championships? Super Bowls being one of the elite teams in the AFC, they're a long, long way from that. And you heard Graziano just talk about it in that clip. Part of the reason he was praising Tomlin is because of how bad this offense is. I mean, through the first eight games of the season, the Steelers have been outgained in all eight. That's a 34th time that has happened in NFL history. And you know what this 2023 Steelers team is doing? Despite being outgained in every game so far through the first eight games of the season, they are the only team in NFL history to have a winning record despite their anemic offense. And the 2022 Steelers, by the way, same thing. Outgained. Every game through the first eight games. Now, they were not above 500 through the first eight games, but they're the only team, after being outgained in the first eight games of the season, the only team in NFL history to finish above 500. What does that tell you? This is not an anomaly, the Steelers' offensive ineptitude. This is right now reality, commonplace. The Steelers have had an average to a below average to just a flat-out bad offense every year since 2019. That's on Mike Tomlin for allowing this offense to be as bad as it's been for hiring a bad offensive coordinator in Matt Canada, even before that, having bad offensive coordinators. For not getting the right quarterback, for not getting the right skill talent 
on this team to get this offense in the direction it should. I mean, it's 2023. You can't win and you can't be a serious contender with such an awful offense week in and week out. And by the way, the Patriots are the same thing. They're the same boat. Good defense, bad offense. It's not a coincidence. It's because both Tomlin and Belichick have outdated philosophies. They still sit there and think, tough defense wins championships. Having your offense not focused on scoring points. No, no, no. Why would we do that? No, no, no. We got to focus on ball security. We got to make sure that, hey, as long as we're not turning the ball over, that's a win for us. Forget the fact we can go three and out. Forget the fact that we can't move the ball 10 yards at a time. Forget the fact that there's no explosiveness on offense. For the Steelers, in their specific case, they can't score for the first three quarters of the game. Nah, forget all that. As long as the offense is not turning it over and not putting their defense in a bad position, all is well. Mission accomplished. How are you beating the Chiefs with that philosophy? How are you expecting to win playoff games against the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Ravens? With your offensive philosophy being, let's not put up points, let's just not turn it over. That's not a championship philosophy here in 2023, but that's what these two coaches subscribe to. That's what their two teams have been the last five years. And we give a lot of attention, right, to head coaches. Outside of quarterbacks, head coaches are the second most scrutinized, if you want to call it position, in all of football. But yet these two guys, with their outdated philosophies, with their yearly average to below average teams, despite high bars being championship or bust with their franchises and the Patriots and the Steelers, why are they not getting criticized more? Why are they not being called out for just being eh, average, mediocre? Last time I checked, the, the, the standard hasn't dropped. But yeah, they're just kind of cruising along and still getting respect and still viewed on this pedestal that in, in 2023, I don't understand. Historically, Tom, Mike Tomlin, Hall of Fame head coach. Bill Belichick, same thing. Not taking away Bill's six Super Bowls, but you look at right now the last five years, Tomlin and Belichick have been nothing more than average. And that offensive philosophy of just not turning the ball over, even if they make the playoffs and barely squeak their way in, they're not a threat. They're not scaring anyone. And they've had quick exits in the postseason. All right, since 2019, which is a decent sample size, right? Four seasons. This is obviously being the fifth. But four seasons. Look how many coaches have won a playoff game. Spoiler, Tomlin, Belichick haven't. Look at the coaches that have won a playoff game. Sean McDermott, John Harbaugh, Zach Taylor, Kevin Stefanski, Doug Peterson, Mike Vrabel, Bill O'Brien, Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni, Mike McCarthy, Brian Dayball, Mike Zimmer, Matt LaFleur, Sean Payton, Bruce Arians, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. 18 coaches I just rattled off have won a playoff game more recently than Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin. That's over half the league. Over half the league. Coaches. 
and some have been fired since, have won a playoff game. These two haven't. They haven't really come close to winning a playoff game. And they get a pass. Why? I mean, would you want either coach in your team right now? If it was announced tomorrow, Mike Tomlin is your team's head coach. Bill Belichick is now the brand new head coach of your team. Are you jumping for joy? Are you thinking Super Bowl? I wouldn't be excited. I definitely would not be thinking Super Bowl with these two guys. So I just told you, their, their philosophy is outdated. And they cannot produce teams that are any sort of threat in today's NFL. They are the masters of being average. The masters of sneaking in. Be like, oh, wow. Oh, the Patriots, look at that. End of the year, they're kind of right there. Steelers, wow, they're going to back their way into the playoffs. Okay. Come playoff time, not going to be a threat. And you're going to be kind of angling the playoff bracket to face them. Because you know, okay, that's an easy win. That's not a reason for praise. That's not a wow. Look at that great coaching job. You're stuck in the middle. The Steelers and the Patriots are stuck in the middle. Nowhere near great. Nowhere near bad enough to tank and get a franchise-changing quarterback or a franchise-changing player. Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick the last five years have perfected the art of being in the worst spot in the NFL. Right in the middle. And that's why I don't get this rumor that was brought up on CBS Sports Radio earlier this week. Zach Gelb had Mike Florio very well plugged in, very well informed, NFL insider. Listen to this rumor. He kind of threw out there there's something to keep your eye on at the end of the season. If you're the commanders, right? I would say with the talent they have, they're a quarterback away from at least being a legit playoff threat. I know they shipped off some players at the deadline. They got talent, especially offensively. So if you're the commanders and you say, okay, we got a good offense. We maybe just need a more consistent quarterback. Why would you think Bill Belichick's the answer? What has he done in New England in the last five years that screams he's going to take us to the mountaintop? He's going to take us from where we are right now being a mediocre team to a great team. I don't see it. And that offense, I mean, he's destroyed the Patriots offense since Tom Brady left. How could you feel good about him developing Sam Howell or getting another quarterback in there and trying to develop him? I wouldn't feel good about it. That's been the reality of Bill Belichick since Tom Brady's departure. And that's been the same reality for Mike Talman in Pittsburgh the last five years. Wilson's kind of Big Ben hit the end of his career. And especially if you're the commanders, giving him, giving him draft capital to get Bill. What are you thinking? What are you doing? But you heard, again, Mike Florio talk about rumors of the commanders trading for Bill Belichick. Heard earlier Dan Graziano saying how many teams would fire their current head coach right now to line up and beg for Mike Tomlin to coach theirs. Belichick and Tomlin have mastered being average the last five years. Nothing more, nothing less. They can't tank to get a top player. And they can't produce a high-level team whatsoever. They can't do it. And I don't understand why they kind of are viewed as these elite or upper echelon coaches when they have just been average. So think about that as you go forward here. They've been average. 
I think Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick get too much praise for truly how you know mediocre they've been the last five years. Historically, great. But as we live here in the NFL of 2023, eh. That was just my biggest takeaway from Thursday Night Football. Going back to that game, you watch that Steelers team, it's like, man, this is ugly. This is how they have to win every single game. It's the Steeler way, quote-unquote, of recent time. Muck it up. Have your defense fall, uh, cause a few turnovers. Pray to God your offense can get in the end zone like once or twice. And sweat it out to the end. That doesn't mean you're a great coach. Even winning those games doesn't mean you're great. Being 9-8 and eight every year and sneak into the playoffs does not mean you're a great coach whatsoever. That's what Mike Tomlin's been, and in the same way, that's what Bill Belichick's been. That equals average. And that's why I think they are the two most overrated coaches right now in the NFL. They are viewed like they are in the upper echelon top tier of coaching. When in reality, I mean, is there a big difference between right now them and Matt LaFleur? Great with elite talent. All of a sudden now, no elite quarterback, and it's like, oh, oh boy. That offense. Oofah. Yuck. Ugly. I don't see much difference. I don't. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Is there a head coach right now in the NFL that, in your opinion, is more overrated than Mike Tomlin or Bill Belichick? 855-212-4227. We'll also continue the conversation right now surrounding Michigan football. Connor Stallions has resigned. Does that mean Michigan is guilty? Does his resignation equal guilt of cheating? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Also, when we return here, Hick and I, Ryan Hickey with you. Biggest game of the weekend in the NFL, I think. Chiefs-Dolphins. Why is that? Well, it has a massive impact on who's going to the Super Bowl. I'll tell you why when we return. It's Ryan Hickey right here, CBS Sports Radio. 20 minutes from now, Hickey's Pickies. A gr- I mean, this is a great slate. Three elite NFL games, two really good college football games. If you want to be this week's participant on Hickey's Pickies, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Speaking of one of those matchups here, I'll give one of my picks right now. I think the Dolphins beat the Chiefs Sunday uh, morning in Germany. I'm picking the Dolphins because I trust their offense more. We know what Miami does well. Run the ball and throw it deep. The good news for them is they are getting healthier on that offensive line. So now that run game really should be a lot better than we saw in Philly a few weeks ago. And it should really be hitting their stride against the Chiefs defense. That has been very good this year. But I trust Miami's offense more in this game because I know what to expect. I don't know what to expect, or I don't really know what this Chiefs offense is truly capable of. I get it. They got Patrick Mahomes, and this is not a slight on Patrick Mahomes whatsoever. I'm not doubting him. I'm not doubting Travis Kelsey. I, though, am doubting everyone else around those two. Kansas City can't run the ball. They struggle to do it consistently. There's been no second threat that's been consistent behind Travis Kelsey whatsoever. 
Rasheed Rice has been solid, but some up and down moments. Sky Moore really can't get going. Drops have plagued this team. I don't have any doubts in Mahomes and Kelsey, but I do have doubts in right now that we're not seeing is anyone else step up. And so I trust in this game, Miami's offense a lot more than I do Kansas City's. That to me is going to be the difference. 30 to 20, and the Dolphins win. And this game, with both teams being 6 and 2, I think gives the winner, in this case Miami, the inside track to get the number one seed in the AFC. And that's going to be huge. You get the Dolphins home throughout the rest of the playoffs. Cold weather teams like the Bengals, like the Chiefs, like the Bills having to go to that hot Miami heat and play where Miami wants to make it a track meet. Really tough. It's going to be really tough to go down to Miami where right now the Dolphins are the only 4-0 team at home in the NFL. It's going to be really hard. For any team in the AFC to go into Miami and win. So this is a huge game, obviously, in the AFC. I think it's going to go Miami's way. 30-20, to 20, I trust their offense more right now than I do the Kansas City offense. All right, we just talked before, really two big topics here. Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. Are they the most overrated coaches in the NFL? And for Michigan, with the news of the resignation of... of Connor Stallions, does that change your thought on the Michigan cheating scandal? 855-212-4227. Let's go to Hills. Call from Georgia. What's up, Hills? All right, man. My guy, what's going on, Ryan? What's up, um, dude? I like the name. Yeah. I, I Thank you. It's original. Um, it I caught the last end of your stuff, and I'm driving home. Full disclosure. I do high school football, so I, I'm in the broadcasting world a little bit. Nice. And you said that Tomlin was overrated. I, the Belichick, I'm not going to touch. The Tomlin is what I got. The NFL is a job. It's a grind. It's a job. And Tomlin has been in the NFL playoffs how many years? Do you know? Uh, I have to look it up since 2006. I mean, yeah, I know he's never had a losing record. He's but... been in the playoffs every year he's been the head coach. Even with well, that's, three they were not in the playoffs eight, last year. They were not in the playoffs in 2019, 2018, 2013, 2012, 2009. 2009. So he's you had a winning it? record every year. He's not been in the playoffs every year. Okay. All right. So playoffs, no playoffs, winning records. The objective of the game is to win. The objective of the game is to make it to whatever league you're in, be in in, in whatever tournament, postseason, playoff, whatever. We're not doing this little whack NBA stuff. It's The object is to win, develop, and do what you do. Tomlin's not overrated. I think maybe you think he's overrated because he actually gets respect that he has dedicated his craft and earned it. Can't can't come with the Tomlin overrated stuff. Well, let me ask you this, Hills. Again, I'm not attacking the history of him, but you look at the last five years, he still gets a lot of praise. And before we we played him, uh, Dan Grazzi on a couple of ESPN who said that teams right now would line up to fire their head coach to hire Mike Tomlin if he became available. Mike Tomlin, again, you win every year in terms of winning record. 
But if you're nowhere near Super Bowl contention, isn't that why you play? Like, don't you play to win, like, not win the game, but don't you play to win a Super Bowl? And if you have Absolutely, a head coach that constantly they're, has they're, you they're, in the middle of the pack and you're never an elite team and the years you are, you underperform the playoffs and lose right away, doesn't that, like, have you wondering, huh, is this guy really as good okay. as he is? Like, don't you want to win a Super Bowl? Mike Tomlin has not shown he can do that again. Okay, okay, we're going to split hairs. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. Only those that are coaching know really how hard it is. But to continue to be able to put your team in a position, all you got to do is get to the tournament. That's all you got to do. are they in a position, though, Hills? Like, that's a thing. We, we hear that all the time. Like, the Steelers are not very good. They've never we, been a threat. They, their offense has been terrible for years that, now. Yeah. They, they, they are not a very good offensive team. They're 5-3 and three right now. They still may not make the playoffs, especially in that division with everything that can go. However, if you're in the mix, if you're able to keep your team in the mix, if you're able, you might be one, two, three, four players away, five players away. If you're able to keep grown men with families, bills, and jobs, if you're able to keep them in the mix consistently, you, you, you can't downplay that, But here's Ryan. the thing, Hills, and I appreciate the call, buddy. Drive safe. It's like you want to talk about that and just getting the mix and almost kind of like luck your way. Like if you're in the mix and if you're, you know, on the dance floor enough times, hey, eventually you'll break through. The last time the Steelers got to a Super Bowl was two, uh, 2010. They made the playoffs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times since then. Seven times they made the playoffs since they made the Super Bowl in 2010. They have three wins in that span. I mean, Mike Tomlin, I think, it gets too much credit because, oh, he has a winning record every year. That's great. The model of consistency. But the Steelers have never been a threat the last, like, five or six years. So, like, how great is having a winning record if you get to the playoffs and you're one and done? Or if you're, even if you're nine and eight, sure, you got a winning record, but you miss out on the playoffs. Like, what good is that? Jacoby's calling from Georgia. What's up, Jacoby? What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? All right. Um, so, if Tomlin and Belichick aren't in the top tier of coaches, who who do you think is? I mean, right now, Andy Reid. So Andy Reid. So he only won because of Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl wise. Well, they're in the mix every single. I mean, you could argue that Belichick's only won with with Tom Brady. Then, if you want to play that well, argument, I mean, that's the same thing though. Andy Reid is a great coach, correct? Yes, even before Patrick Holmes got there. But he didn't win a Super Bowl until Patrick Mahomes was there. Right. That's what it is. It's a coach and a quarterback. It's Tomlin and Roethlisberger. It's Brady and Belichick. It's Mahomes and Reed. So you're saying what? No, if you don't know, no great head coach can, or every great head coach is a product of their quarterback? Uh, I mean, it goes hand in hand. I mean, can you name one? That has success. I mean, I would say Mike McDaniel right now with the success he had last year without Tua for half the season. And he put up 31 points with a third-string quarterback in a playoff game against Buffalo. I'd say that's pretty impressive. Versus 30 years of success. Has he won a Super Bowl? Mike McDaniel has not won a Super Bowl. No, he's not. So is he uh, above average or average coach right now? I would say in the year and a half, he's been above average with what he's doing with Tua. Is, Is Tua a top five quarterback in terms of talent? This year, yes. 
But I'm saying, if you put two on any other team, is two a top five quarterback? I don't think he's crazy. Like, he's not right now better than Mahomes or Hurts or Allen or Burrow. Bare minimum to start. Is he better than Lamar Jackson? I think there's an argument there. So it's like, you see the success he's having with a quarterback that's not, right now you would say, elite. Pretty impressive early on. And those other coaches have had success with other quarterbacks, but they haven't won the big the big game with those quarterbacks. Right. So that's, I guess, so it's, you just, are you just equating, that's, I guess, my point, or my con, um, confusion. Are you just sitting here saying a quarterback is, or a head coach is only as good as his quarterback? Not at all, but I'm saying it does take an elite quarterback to win sometimes with an elite coach. It goes hand in hand. Right, you can also have a bad coach just destroy other elite quarterbacks' careers as well. It does go the other way. So Andy Reid should deserve a lot of... Belichick didn't destroy Brady's career. They elevated their careers. Right, and then how are they doing now without generational quarterbacks? Like Andy Reid still won. Andy Reid went to Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb. Is Donovan McNabb a top-five quarterback all the time? He is not. He went to playoff games... Consistently with Alex Smith. Is Alex Smith a, a generational quarterback? He is not. Andy Reid has proven it year after year. Did he win a ring? No. He won a lot of games and made the playoffs a lot and made a Super Bowl with less than elite quarterback play. So it's not like if you want to use Andy Reid, he's not a product of just Patrick Holmes where he lucked his way into now being, you know, this great coach because he's a great quarterback. He has been great for a while. I agree with you on that. Okay. And Tomlin has great has been great for a long time as well, but it also takes those special talents at certain positions to win the big game. And also it depends on who you hire. And if you look at Mike Tomlin and even uh, Bill Belichick and Patriot the call Jacoby, their offensive hires are questionable at best. Their offensive coordinators. I mean, you had Bill Belichick hire a defensive guy in Matt Patricia last year to run the offense. What a shock that didn't work out. Randy Feekner. Matt Canada are not good offensive coordinators. That's on Mike Tomlin. They deserve their warts and they deserve their criticism as well for how they've performed right now. Again, in recent history here, last five or six years, they've just been average. They get treated like they're elite. They've been nowhere near that. As always, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Wesleyfinancialgroup.com. It's been a good run for your boy of late. And I say good, just three and two. Two weeks in a row of winning is good enough for me. I'll take it. Overall in the year, 13, 16, and 1. So clawing back to 500. John in Chicago still leading the way so far this season. He went 3, 1, and 1 in his picks. Chris in Maryland, Dave in Canada, both 3 and 2. Aaron in Colorado Springs, 2 and 3. Mike and Mammy, 1 and 4. And Ryan Botcher, 0 oh, and 5. We go back to Canada. Welcome in. Glenn. What's up, Glenn? Yeah, hey, Ryan. Um, 
not really getting in on Ryan's or what's a pick, hickey's pickies, but I just wanted to add. I mean, I could talk about everything because you have some good topics tonight. But since I've been hanging on about the Michigan thing, first off, again, I'm not a Michigan fan, and I do think they're completely guilty. Having said that, like several callers have said, you can't just speculate and and ban a team. And I know everyone's talking about the players and. I also agree that it's too much for the players. And, and you know, you expect, like, you know, for me, if I was part of some big scheming uh, organization, I'd be throwing everybody under the bus, including, you know, anyone I've talked to, maybe add the Trump family in there since they're already involved in a bunch of court cases, but I'd throw everybody in, in there. You know, and here's the other thing. Without having concrete proof, and I know you're speculating, and I, I agree with you. I think there's something going on, but I, I really think there's there's also money at play. Like, without proof, you know, Michigan could sue, um, you know, uh, I don't know who they would sue, but obviously the athletic organizations, the parents of players could sue. Like, everybody talks with their wallets these days. And we're talking big money, college football, especially Michigan. And you can't just ban a team without absolute proof. I think there's just too much risk of, of lawsuits involved. And I think that's the that's And isn't the proof the, 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 the silence? Like, if you're innocent, I don't think you're you resigning, know, but, and I don't think you're sitting, you know, if you're Michigan letting your guy go if you knew he did nothing wrong. Yeah, but here, here's the thing. That's still not proof. I know you – I said at the beginning, I think they've been cheating as far out as they can go. I believe that. Having said that, there's still no proof. So you can't – like that would never stand up in any court of law anywhere. Is security and, footage inside stadiums where Michigan, like in the scenes that they bought and people are sitting there filming, is that enough proof for you? No, it's not because it, it's not concrete. If if there was enough concrete proof, something would have been done by now. They wouldn't have had to talk. Uh, to, I forget this guy's name that, that resigned. I'm just saying like there's too much money at stake. There's too, too much in the players. Here's another speculation on your behalf. You keep talking about what about the players and the team? you know, who, who didn't make it. Well, who's to say that if, if Michigan wasn't stealing these signs that they wouldn't have won these games? Or, you know, it's like you don't know that. I don't know that. Nobody knows that. To me, it's cut and dry without absolute proof. Like, I'd hate to see you in uh, any sort of, uh, you know, courtroom being a juror because you, you, you can't convict <laughs> Michigan unless you have concrete proof. Oh, I'm telling you, man. It's just that's just the way the world works. And there's too much money involved. Like, no one talks about the money. There's way too much money involved to do this. So You don't got to worry I'm about me saying, being a, a juror there, Glenn. I will find any <laughs> excuse to get out of jury due, that's for sure, especially with these long cases. I promise I will not ruin our legal system here. We're just sick to sports. That's for sure. All right. You and I both. <laughs> that's for both. sure. Let's get some picks then, Glenn. Um, we'll do two college football picks, three NFL picks. Start with college or NFL first. Well, I, I I wouldn't mind NFL, but I'm not really a big college guy. I'm just calling in about the college thing because I've been hearing you talk about it for weeks. But Glenn, I'm let me Canada, tell you this: I really watch it. I, I watch the bowl games, and that's it. So I've been doing really Hickey's pickies for. I'll let you move to the next caller, man. For three years, right? The less you know, the better you do. My girlfriend oh, yeah. is one of two people to go five and zero ever. She didn't know half the teams even existed. I threw her away. Okay, so why don't you throw some teams my way right. and I'll pick them. 
Let's do college football then first. LSU at Alabama, number 14 at number eight. Crimson Tide at home, three-point favorites. Taking the Tide or LSU? I think LSU. I I think uh, I've been hearing Alabama's not been exactly the old Alabama, so... I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll take LSU. Great minds think alike. I'm with you. Tigers outscore them. Great offense. Going to Tuscaloosa. Win the game. This is not your father's Alabama. That's for sure. Oklahoma, yeah, right number nine in the country. Six-point favorites on the road at in-state rival Oklahoma State. I'm going Oklahoma State mm-hmm. here, Glenn. I think the upset's going I'm down. Going I'm going win. Oklahoma State myself. Oh, I'm wow. Going to Oklahoma State. Two for two. All right. Let's go to NFL. One in okay. Germany, Dolphins at the Chiefs. Chiefs, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Who are you going with? This is so tough, man, because Miami's unbelievable, but they haven't beat anybody of significance, and they've kind of blown a tire when they have played two tough teams. So uh, I'm actually – I'm torn, but I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I think they've just lost, and, you know, I, 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 for some reason I just this – is, this is the risky pick, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think this is the game you're 100% right about the Dolphins' offense against good opponents so far this year, kind of not showing up. I think this is the game they do show up. I think Miami plays well. I think they win. I just don't trust right now this Chiefs' offense to kind of get in gear enough, especially if you have Miami's offense pick it up this season. I will go Miami on on the road in a neutral site, winning that game outright. Big one in the NFC East, Cowboys at the Eagles. Eagles at home, three-point favorites. I'm taking Philly all the way. No doubt about I am it. Too. I can't I'm see Dallas Philly keeping all the Dak hasn't proven he can win any big game, and this is a big game. So, I mean, he's got his own <clears> players <throat> saying, uh, you know, how good Philadelphia is. So, that can't be very good. So, uh, with Mr. Micah Parsons. So I, the I'm reverse trash talk. Trying to lull him to sleep, maybe. Eagle. I'm with you there. Yeah. Both on the Eagles. Finally. Sunday nighter, Bills at the Bengals. Bengals, two-point favorites at home. I'm taking Cincy. I liked what I saw last week. I think that team is back on track here going forward. Give me the Bengals at home, minus two. How about you? I have to do that. I'm a Bills fan. I mean, I live right across the border. But the Bills' defense has killed them this year. There's too many injuries to get over. And it's really sad because I really think they had a shot for the Super Bowl. But it's just too many serious injuries on the defense. So I'm going also with Cincinnati. Wow. Putting your fandom aside, I respect that. So we agree on four out of the five, both on LSU over Alabama, both on Oklahoma State upsetting Oklahoma, both on the Eagles at home minus three, both on the Bengals at home minus two. The one disagreement, you're taking the Chiefs minus one and a half. I am taking the Finns. Glenn, spirited talk, a lot of fun. Thanks for coming to Hickey's Pickies, man. All right, man. Take care, my man. You too. Stay warm up there in Canada. All right, you heard Glenn talk about the cheating scandal before Michigan. For me, again, I think the guilt is enough for Michigan. Excuse me, still bad on the coffee. We're playing hurt. We're going to power through. I think Connor Stallions resigning and him not cooperating in the investigation, to me, is enough proof that he is guilty of what he's being accused of, cheating, and that he knows Jim Harbaugh, the coaching staff, was in, in some capacity, in on the illegal cheating, and that's why, or the cheating, I should say, illegal cheating is kind of a double negative there, if you will. In on the cheating, and that's why he's not cooperating. That's for me, is enough proof if you're the Big Ten to levy a punishment for Michigan and keep them out of the college football playoff. Does the resignation change the way you view right now um, 
change the way you view the Michigan cheating scandal. Let's go to the state of Michigan. Talk to Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Hey, what's up, bud? How we doing, man? I'm doing well. There was a lot covered while I was listening. It's a busy show. A lot going on here in the sports yeah. world. Um, before I uh, get to the Michigan thing, um, I would like to comment on Roethlisberger and Brady. Um, I think, honestly, that Tomlin and Belichick, I think it's a product of the quarterback. You know, you look at that, and I think that their success after the successors left, it, it hasn't been anything at all. Um, and I know Fair you point. had pointed out like college before, but I think it's actually might be getting into a point of like, when does a franchise or coach um, or both together, like decide on tanking, you know, um, maybe a rebuild goes on, but I think they're, I think the franchises and, and the, uh, the coaches might be a little too proud. So you don't tank, you go middle of the class and you don't really get, the, the draft picks and the stock and everything else. So you kind of just outright just like, okay, we're good enough to maybe get into the playoffs, have enough wins, make fans happy, yada, yada, but you're not really growing. So it's like, right. uh, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 100%. So I think that that is a big thing. Um, and that's like you're stuck in the middle, which is yeah, not the place it, you want to be. No, and I, and I think, you know, the pride comes in quite a bit with that. Um, and I think that that's a huge thing. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, franchises and teams in every sport, they have to decide like when's the right time to kind of pull the plug and rebuild. And right. Steve, we have like 30 seconds here for the, we have to go to commercial. What do you want to say about Michigan as a Michigan fan? Um, can you put me on after commercial? Yes. Well, we'll get to that. All right. We'll put you on hold. That's what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. Um, and we'll, we'll move on here as we, Hard out, end of the hour. Um, but also, too, when we come back here, we'll continue to talk Michigan. We'll continue to talk at 855-212-4227. Has this cheating scandal at all changed your opinion of um, of Michigan? Is this res- resignation by Connor Stallions that we learned about on Friday night, his lack of cooperation, does that change, in your mind at least, if Michigan is guilty or still innocent of allegations of cheating? 855-212-4227. 